When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Courtney Walsh has been good enough to join me. Always has some pretty good music acts at the Australian Open Tennis. It's part of the flavour of the Australian Open Tennis. You can normally go there and actually enjoy your day without even seeing a ball hit and still have a good time. Courtney's going to be watching most of the tennis, though. Welcome to you, Courtney. Great to have you on. Yeah, good afternoon, Dwayne. They say it's a, uh, a tennis tournament that breaks out in the middle of a festival. It is. Do you know who the music acts yet? Have they released that or haven't told us yet, Craig Tiley? Uh, no, look, I think they have told them. To, uh, they are released, but uh, I must say, as you pointed out, I'll be focusing family on, uh, on Rod Laver Arena and the courts <laughs> around there and uh, leave that to uh, people with better taste than what I have. Well, let me ask you the question about tennis then. Um, is, is Novak Djokovic going to win another one and is he the best player that we've ever seen? There's a couple of good questions there. Uh, I think if you look at it purely statistically, no doubt he's the best player we've seen, uh, what he's done in terms of the number of grand slams that he's won, particularly over the last 15 years. That strike rate's phenomenal, you know, basically from 2011 when he when he really uh, won that US Open. He'd won one before at, uh, at, at Melbourne Park, clearly. But what he's done in the last you know, 15 or well, 14 odd years has been astonishing. Uh, the other factor that, we should consider is that the tier just below the Grand Slams, the, the Masters series, he's won all of them at least twice, which is phenomenal going. Is he the best player we've ever seen? Look, uh, you know, that that's, I think, still personal judgment as to what you prefer, what people prefer in tennis players. But uh, in terms of uh, definitive arguments, the statistics don't lie yeah. from that. Now, in terms of whether he'll win, and, win it again this year, clearly he's going to be the man to beat. Anyone that's won it 10 times... Uh, is uh, extraordinary. He hasn't uh, obviously lost in Melbourne since uh, being beaten by Hyung Chung, the uh, South Korean player who's had some injury issues ever since. But there are a couple of talented players uh, around. I would have uh, you know, Yannick Sinner, who played at Kuyong today, and obviously Carlos Alcaraz, who steps out against Alex Timonor in a exhibition match later today at Melbourne Park. You know, I would have them very much in the line as those very capable of beating him. And we, they both did it last year on big stages. Carlos uh, was fortunate to be there when he beat Novak at Wimbledon in the final. Uh, phenomenal sort of comeback from you know, a one-sided first set to knock him off on, on another court that Novak's had incredible success on. And then Yannick Sinner beating him twice in November last year. The ATP Tour finals uh, in the round-robin stages, Novak got the better of him in the final. But then a week later in Davis Cup, and, and Novak was incredibly keen to lead Serbia to that success. And Sin was able to get over the top of him there. So those two are more than capable. And I think that gap has been bridged, even though Novak won three of the four slams last year. The other two are very, very good. 
And the women's draw is fairly open, even though a lot of people are tipping Sviatek. Look, the first week, I think, says, says it all, Dwayne. Uh, you had uh, Sviatek playing exceptionally well in the United Cup, unbeaten through there. You had the defending champion, Arena Sabalenka, making a final and beaten by Alina Rybakina, the, the former Wimbledon champion. And you had Coco Goff, the reigning US Open champion, and a, and a young woman clearly going places, winning in Auckland. So you had the one, two, three, and four all playing big finals. I think that from that, look, Rybakina was really good on hard courts, and she's been uh, very good in Melbourne before. Sabalink has been very good before. I'm not so sure Svantec, uh, even though she's the world number one and has been such a brilliant player over the last two years, whether she's the woman to beat. I think it, it is an open field that those top four, for mine, are a step ahead of the rest. So in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be talking about this being the big tournament that Alex Dimonor delivered, got himself to a semi. I mean, no one really expects him to win it. We don't know what the draw is going to be and you know, how, what side of the draw he's going to be in comparison to where he might find himself meeting Novak. But, I mean, do you think a semi-final? Or what's his break-even, do you think, Alex, given that he's up to number 10 in the top 10 in the world now? Look, I would think a quarter-final is probably his break-even. I think at some stage, Alex, uh, in the next two to three years, it could be, let's hope it's next fortnight. It'd be fantastic if he was able to do it uh, over the next fortnight. But I do think at some stage in the next three or so years, we'll see Alex in a big semi-final, a big final, and you know, and riding contention to win one. Uh, I would have him firmly in that second bracket of challenges behind uh, the top three, Novak, Alcaraz, and Sinner. I would have him absolutely alongside a Medvedev, uh, you know, a, a, I suppose a, a Taylor Fritz or someone like that in that second run right on the heels of the top players. And I think his form through the United Cup is outstanding. It's, it's an extended body of work that's put him into the top 10. He's been really, really good and really consistent for a long time. It's taken that next step at Grand Slam level, which is the key. He's made you know a lot of fourth rounds in the last sort of three years. He was quarterfinals at US Open in 2020. But we're seeing him get better. And we know, Dwayne, that he leaves everything on the court. So at 24, I think his best will probably come from 26 to 29. But no doubt, if he, if he, if he plays really well, get some, you know, get a couple of favourable uh, conditions in terms of uh, how it suits him, every chance it will see him deep in the tournament. I heard Kane Corns this morning suggest that Ash Barty, he thinks she'll make a comeback. Um, Brett Phillips poured cold water on it. Where are you with the Ash Barty comeback? We've seen many a comeback over time. We have, and there's been uh, there's, there's quite a few players actually on the tour at the moment who are, who are back playing. Look, I, I would never presume to speak for Ash, uh, having spent quite a bit of time with her at different stages in different parts of Australia. But I would be I would be surprised. Uh, you know, she has been there and done it all. And look, I think if she was still playing. She'd be clearly the favourite because I don't think anyone else has come out since she retired and done anything that wouldn't make me think that she'd still be the number one or very close to it. But I'd be surprised. It seems like life's uh, going very well for, for Ash in Brisbane. And Nick Kyrgios, I see in the Herald Sun, is going to be floating around again. Uh, he won't be playing, but he'll be there. He will be. He's, uh, he's commentating. So for someone who's at uh, different stages, uh, Dwayne, being rather critical of uh, the media and the press and, 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 and I suppose the uh, what goes on uh, alongside your G's on the court, uh, Nick will be there offering analysis for Eurosport. Uh, which is a you know a very strong uh, European uh, sporting network that covers a lot of the tennis among other sports. Uh, he was apparently very very good commentating for the for the tennis channel uh, in the ATP Tour Finals uh, in Italy uh, in November. The one thing with Nick, if you get Nick talking about 
topics he's interested in. If, if it's someone that he's, you know, some, a player that he likes, or if it's you know, any of the Australian players, he's very insightful when it comes to uh, to that. If he's engaged in the topics, he can offer outstanding advice. And look for all his, you know, I, I suppose the I suppose the bombast that goes with him when he's actually playing. He's he's rather tactically astute and, and a pretty safe player. I know he's got the massive forehand, the huge serve. But a lot of his game, you know, there's there's a lot of smarts about it when he's actually playing at his peak. Do you think it'd be a ratings winner for the Australian broadcaster to give him a gig? Well, I think the numbers probably suggest if you look at websites, etc., that, that go by traffic and, and even the television ratings for for the Nine Network over the last couple of years. Uh, it suggests to me that when he's on, while well, as polarising as he can be, and we know people love him and we know people hate him the numbers tend to be very strong. So I would suspect that, you know, he would certainly attract some viewers. And as I said, if he's actually engaged, he's a, he can be really insightful. It's, uh, you know, whatever you think about his uh, behaviour on the court, and there's a lot of what he does that I, uh, you know, I find uh, difficult to stomach in terms of, uh, you know, I suppose some behaviour towards officials. But he can think and he can discuss the sport and he's been there. He's a Wimbledon finalist. He's, he's won seven titles. He... He would have been a top ten player, but for the points being stripped. So there is, I think, you know, there's there's a bit that can be taken from him. I'll be fascinated to see how he goes, though, because you know it's certainly a step from uh, from being uh, the on court rebel into uh, the commentary box uh, pundit. But we've seen John McEnroe do it. Mm. Yeah, McEnroe had a few more Grand Slams in the bank, he though, did. at least. Uh, well, he had Grand Slams in the bank, as opposed to... That's <laughs> right. Um, Nick's got a doubles. Hey, um, great to have you, Courtney. Always good to be able to have a chat to you. Look forward to Fox Sports coverage through you of the Australian Open tennis. And, uh, well, I, I guarantee you we'll be playing on this show at some stage in the next couple of weeks a little replay of something Nick Kyrgios says sometime. Great to have you on. I really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure, Dwayne. All the best.